Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to week number 16 of the Pickin' Pigskin Winter Podcast here on Aaron Torres Media. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts. I always have a co-host with me that likes to come on here, pick games. I try to find those people out there on the Twitter world or any kind of gambling Twitter, any kind of places like that, to bring them into this show to give us here at Pick and Pick Skin Winners some educated picks for the next week. And we're in week number 16 already. You can find me over on Twitter at Loafing It, Wes Easley over there, and my good buddy came with me this week to, to bring some information not only about NFL football, but this is a guy who I, I've shared a lot of his content over the years because he has some great college football threads that he does this time of year, every single year. And I couldn't wait to bring him on, but I waited because I knew when he was going to start his college football threads. And I thought that maybe you guys would be interested in that coming up. The NFL drafts coming up real soon. We see some and we can identify some things that the teams are lacking. And so Jeremy at Pope FFH over there on Twitter, at Pope FFH over there on Twitter is with us tonight. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Welcome to the Pick and Pick Skin Winter Podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm uh, honored to be joining you tonight. And uh, I think you, yeah, you hit it pretty well there. I, uh, I appreciate that you like the threads. It's always a good time. Oh, you you know I like those threads. I always hit you up. I don't remember the threads after you put out one. I'm like, I, I don't I don't know what it is with me being an older man and college football. Now these guys are going into the portal each and every week, it seems like, each and every day. What are the rules for the portal? I thought it was just whenever a coach left that they can go into the portal, but I don't know if that's true anymore. Have they, have they changed that? Yeah, I believe they did change it. That's the that's the big thing now. I, I know that Nick Saban had warned about it because he's like, oh, some of these bigger schools, they're just going to kind of go out and get all of the top prospects. And that seems to be right now. Alabama, you know, getting Jamar Gibbs, a couple other good uh, players coming that way already. And, yeah, it's crazy. It's like free agency in college football now. And the best part is there's no contract. They get to go whenever they want. Yeah, and I I used to like college football a lot more than I do now. Of course, I'm in SEC territory, so I still watch the SEC a lot. One of the things is, is I, you just can't keep up with the names, and and it kind of it, it pulls you away from all the teams, and it pulls you away from all the interest. Whenever you don't ha- know the names of the players, and all you see is the jersey on there, it, it's really maybe it's just me. I think a lot of people my age, I've talked to a lot of people like that, uh, 50 years or older, just kind of feel that way about the college program where we used to watch it a lot more as kids. Jeremy, I don't know if you know about this. Uh, my friends over at Aaron Torres Media, Aaron Torres himself, has a great deal over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Our good partners, are, we have a partnership over there with them, and they sponsor this show. They sponsor Aaron Torres Media. If you just bet $1, just $1 on any game, and if your team scores one point, you get $100 in free bets. Uh, Jeremy, that's right. $1, one game, $100 in free bets. And this is all you got to do. You got to click the link in the show description that will be on the podcast Sign up for a new account with DraftKings Sportsbook and make your very first deposit. Make a $1 bet on any team, and if your team scores one point, you get an automatic $100 thanks to our friends and our partners over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you so much, Aaron Torres, for bringing that great deal over here to Pick and Pick Skin Winners. And listen, if you haven't found uh, the uh, AaronTorresOnline.com yet, you need to go over there and check that out because there's great articles that are getting written over there every single day. If you haven't subscribed, over to my man, J.B. Berry's DFS Flash podcast, our sister podcast over on Aaron Torres Media. Make sure you check that one out as well. Uh, J.P. Barry has been doing a fantastic job over there. Don't forget the boss. 
po- uh, his podcast, Aaron Torres Media. I, I've been I've been listening to Aaron Torres's podcast a little bit more often because football's slowing down a little bit, and he does a great job. I, I not that my boss doesn't do a good job, Jeremy, but man, he really does a good job, and he has his eye on the entire sports world, not only college football, college basketball as well, NFL, NBA, all those things. Aaron Torres does a great job over there, and Jeremy, I know you do this as well. You not only look at college football, but you look at NFL, and one of those games coming up here really soon is the San Francisco 49ers at the Tennessee Titans. This is a Thursday night game. San Francisco started out being favored by two points, and now San Francisco is favored by three points by our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. The game total was 46 and a half. Now this game totals dropped down to 44 and a half. I don't know what you feel about a team coming into a territory like Tennessee on a short week like San Francisco is, but tell me, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I mean, I have San Francisco definitely winning this game. Um, Right now, the Titans, even though they're coming cross-country, the Titans are going to be missing a majority of their left side of their offensive line. Julio Jones most likely will miss. They do get A.J. Brown back, but I just feel like the pass rush and the defense there for San Francisco is going to be enough to kind of slow down the Titans. And I think that the 49ers, who are pretty red hot right now with Jimmy Garoppolo, are going to get the job done. They'll probably cover the spread. Three points seems pretty easy to cover for me. Yeah, the point total, 44.5, is a really low point total. Tennessee, whenever they get into the mix and get in a scrum with people, it really seems like they they just kind of keep every game close. I know they've been blown out a couple times this year. They've probably blown out a couple of teams as well. But uh, they're always fighting. They're always fighting. And and right now the Colts are right there with them. It feels like Tennessee is in a must-win situation, and San Francisco is in a must-win situation as well. I am going to take the Titans at home on this one. I'm going to take the three points. I think that it will be able to work its way out there. I don't want to touch that point total at all. One one big news I heard, Jeremy, today is that uh, Derrick Henry will be ready for the playoffs. Did you hear that? I did not hear that confirmed today. So that is great news for hearing it from you. But, yeah, I had suspicion that he would be. He's just He's always come back from injury freakishly fast, so no surprise there. Well, that was Twitter news, so maybe I'm wrong. I need, I may oh. need to double-check that when I didn't get it right from the source or anything like that. You know, Derek wasn't at my house having a little Christmas dinner or anything. <laughs> you never <But> know. I, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I really think I'm, I'm pretty confident he's going to come back by the playoff yeah, games, even if it's stuff. round one. Yeah, he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. Hey, Cleveland at Green Bay. This game right here has disaster written all over it for Cleveland Browns. I'm sorry to our buddy Rob Norton, <laughs> but but the Cleveland Browns right now are just not playing well at all. This game total started out at 46 and a half. It's dropped down to 45 and a half. Green Bay was favored by four. Green Bay is now favored by seven and a half. 84%, 84% of the public thinks that Green Bay is going to win this game. That usually means you want to run to the other side. I am not going to do it, though. I'm going to trust Green Bay to cover that seven and a half points. They are on fire right now. I don't think it's a letdown spot for them at all. they has got home field advantage written all over it for Green Bay, not only now, but if they win this game, they could have home field throughout the entire playoffs coming up here. I think that's what their eye is on, and so I'll take Green Bay in this one. I am going to 100% agree with you. Um, I will take Green Bay as well as covering the spread. Uh, the pack of the Browns are just too hurt slash COVID listed, however you want to determine it, whether they have it or not. Um, they're just they're too decimated right now on a super short week having to play on uh, Monday night. And now you're getting a healthy Packers team that doesn't have as many injuries and has had a little bit more rest. 
And like you had mentioned, they're just hot right now. So I'm going to take Green Bay as well. I can understand why. Indianapolis at Arizona. Arizona had a terrible game last week. Terrible, terrible. I don't know what they did. They didn't show up in Detroit, though, is what they didn't do, I guess. Indianapolis, though, going and heading into Arizona. This game total started out at 50. It's dropped down to 49. DraftKings Sportsbook had them at, at Arizona favored by one point. Now Arizona is favored by one point still. At, uh, on what? We're on Wednesday night right now. Wednesday night is when we're recording this. So that's what we're going with this game total and everything. I, I don't like Indianapolis in this situation. Big letdown spot for them. They just got done beating uh, the New England Patriots. I think it was last week. Arizona needs to have a bounce back game. 68% of the public is taking Indianapolis and the, wow. the points here on this one. I am going to go the opposite way. I'm going to say Arizona gets right on this one. They don't need DeAndre Hopkins, I, but Indianapolis is one of those teams that kind of scares me. But if this game's only at one, I'll take Arizona then to cover that, to, to, to have that one point and cover it. Yeah, I mean, I get, and you know, we must great minds think alike, right? You know, well, I'm going to yes. take the Cardinals as well. I agree. Um, there are some worry, worrisome points there, though. The Cardinals are 21st in the league in yards given up to running backs. We obviously know Indianapolis has a pretty good running back, in case nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a little worrisome, the Colts are 7th in um, yards allowed to wide receivers this season. So, they're a little bit better against wide receivers, which is kind of Arizona's game a little bit more. So, But they have given up 17 touchdowns to wide receivers, the Colts have. So I still like Arizona. Um, I think that Kyler Murray gets the thing right. And they're obviously still battling with Green Bay, who we just mentioned, for that top spot in the NFC. So I think that they're just going to be a little bit hungrier and prove the fact that that was just kind of a fluke last week. Yeah, I, I like a team, come, a good team, and Arizona's a good team. And coming off of a, a terrible loss like they had last week, I, I, it wasn't, I, you know, I wanted to say maybe it was a DeAndre Hopkins thing. It's, it wasn't. It's it just they, play, they had a bad game, and so I like for them yeah. to kind of spruce it up a little bit this week. Oh, my. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady are going to Carolina to see if he can take on the Carolina Panthers and win this week. We had this game total starting out at 51. It's dropped down to 44, probably because of the Evans and Godwin news. I don't know if Evans will end up playing. He's a tough guy as well, but I, and he's got to gut it out there a little bit for them. But uh, Antonio Brown might come back this week for Tampa Bay as well. They, they were favored by six and a half. Now Tampa Bay is favored by 10. In. It went up even though Godwin's out. It went up even though Evans may not play. I don't understand why it did that, Jeremy. Is there some kind of Darnold news that I'm missing out? Is he going to end up being quarterback for them? It looks like Cam Newton's still going to be the quarterback. Do I know? Do, uh, do, do they know something I don't know? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I still <laughs> Tampa, it going up makes a lot of sense. Um, I did see something out there that Cam Newton is expected to start. However, Sam Darnold is going to play at some point. Oh my. So... That could be why it went up to 10. Um, <laughs> four-point swing. Four-point swing. You mentioned Darnold, and it goes up four yeah. points. The, the defense in Tampa is too good here. I think Carolina is probably going to get steamrolled here. It's it's not New Orleans anymore, and Tom Brady can get it done with, with or without uh, Godwin or Fournette. Um, I just, I'm in on Tampa Bay still and definitely probably covering that 10 points. 
Yeah, that 10 points, I don't know that Carolina can score 10 points. And so I'm looking at that Tampa Bay line as I'm going to agree with you as well. You know, Tampa Bay is one of those teams, Jeremy, that, that are pretty long in the tooth, if you ask me. They got they got some aged veterans on there, Gronkowski being one of those guys. I know they have an O.J. Howard, but he just hasn't panned out in the NFL quite like I, some people thought that he would coming out of Alabama. I'd always heard that O.J. Howard had a tough time grasping a playbook, and I think that that may be the same thing going on there in Tampa Bay. And I know they got Cameron Braid as well. But, here, you know, Kyle Pitts was that big tight end coming out of college last year. Is there a big guy, a big college tight end that we need to have our eye on this year? I know you're a good college football expert. Is there anybody like that that just catches your eye this year? Yeah, I think none of them are Kyle Pitts prospect level. Um, mm-hmm. But there are two pretty good ones. Trey McBride is a pretty good pretty good big physical kind of Gronkowski almost style um big physical tight end out of Colorado State if you watch anything leading up to the draft he'll probably be a big name if you haven't heard too much as well as um shoot just blanked off the top of my head um Cole Komet no Jalen uh Weidemeyer yeah out of Oklahoma he Uh is going to be one too that comes out he's a little bit more athletic but none of them are Kyle Pitts level but they're two it? decent tight ends. Who's the guy from Georgia? Was he a freshman this year? Is he? Oh, Jake. Ba- uh, it's Jake Bowers. Yeah, he was. So they had a good connection there in Georgia until they ran into my Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide, yeah. by the way. You know, they, but uh, they, yeah. they seem to do a good job. I just wonder there because I look at Tampa Bay and I, I go, you know, they need some youth in that in that locker room a little bit uh, and in that offensive huddle. Yeah, you could definitely see one of them going there. Um, sure. Definitely for sure. All right. Hey, let's move on to the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, This game started out at 46 points for the point total. It's gone up to 47 and a half. Now Philadelphia was favored by one and a half. It's gone up to three and a half. I think Jalen Hurts was one of those quarterbacks coming out of college that people really had high expectations of. He went into Philadelphia last year, Jeremy, and I'm not going to say he disappointed, but man, that Philadelphia Eagle locker room last year was just kind of crazy and chaotic. Has he lived up to what you thought Jalen Hurts would be in the college? In, in the NFL from coming from college? Yeah, I would say so. I, I wasn't super high on Jalen Hurts coming out. I thought he had shown some very good talent. Um, it just seemed like he could never get it together on a consistent basis. But last night, watching that Philadelphia game in Washington, I mean, he looked really good. He's he's improved at every week. Um, and it seems like he could be a guy that I think you surround some people with. He could be a solid quarterback at the NFL level i mean he's just that dual threat option and he has some pr- pretty good accuracy when he's called upon but i just don't know if he's going to ever be a guy that drops back and throws it 50 times well but i think he he's definitely a, he's a gamer um i mean he's got he steps up and when he's needed and like i said the legs definitely help him a lot to just stretch the pocket stretch the field and then when nothing's there he's able to escape and make something happen so i mean I would say he's kind of what he thought he was going to be, but that, that's fair. That's fair. I, I should have asked you which which uh, wide receiver coming out of college or Philadelphia you're going to draft this year. That's what I should have asked you because that's what they do every single year with a first round draft. They just they just draft wide receivers. This uh, New York Giant team hasn't scored in forever uh, since the Ice Age. I think is when the last time the Giants scored. I don't think they'll be able to score against Philadelphia again this week. I'll take Philadelphia to cover that three and a half this week. Do you agree with me on that one, Jeremy? One hundred percent. Okay. All right. 
I will put you down for Philadelphia. The Chargers are playing the Houston Texans this week. The Chargers were favored by five and a half. Our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook now has them favored by 10. Houston, it was uh, this game total was 47. Now this game total is 46. I This is a tough one because it's 10 points. Houston has not been playing terrible football. They On the offensive side of things, they haven't been playing terrible. I, I want to say that I want to take the Chargers, but I don't want to take the Chargers. I think I would probably lean the Chargers on this one because they're in a, a good must-win situation, and Houston's just playing for pride right now, and I'm not sure that they have any of that pride left. 71% of the public says they are going to go on the Chargers side of things as well. I guess that's what I'll do. I'll lean Chargers. I'm going to lean with the public as well. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers. I just feel like Herbert's going to be able to air it out against the eighth worst um, defense and yards given up to wide receivers this season, as well as they're going to be able to run the ball on the worst um, defense in the NFL, giving up the most yards to running backs currently. So I'm in on it, even without Austin Eckler, if he misses with COVID protocol. I still think Justin Jackson, Larry Roundtree, those guys can get the job done. Might be a committee, but I think that they'll still be able to handle this game pretty pretty easily, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that uh, Eckler is out for this week. It kind of looks like right now he's in that protocol anyway. Who knows what he's going to be able to do. I, I, I can't keep up with that stuff either all the time. Jeremy, They're changing it's just one the those... rules. Another one, yeah. just changing the rules. <laughs> Beginning of the year, you get COVID or whatever. If this is the rule, you miss the game, it get canceled, and then... It happens, and they're like, "No, we're just going to reschedule." <laughs> yeah, well, and that's that's and that's okay. I don't mind yeah. the adjusting. I mean, we're all in a learning phase. Uh, for and for us talking about these games right here, we got to be in a learning phase. We got to kind of roll with the punches, even if you're talking about fantasy football or any of that. There's no reason to sit there and cry about it all the time. You got to move along, and you got to change. And I appreciate the NFL changing and not having their feet buried in concrete, just thinking that this is how it's going to be no matter what. They realize now that it doesn't matter, vaccinated, unvaccinated, you're, you're good. people are going to get sick. And that's the thing that we want to try and take care of, uh, make it the safest we can for not only for the coaching staff, but also for the players as well. So we got to do that. I like them changing things. I like that. Very All right. <laughs> we, got, <laughs> we got Detroit at Atlanta. This game total started at 49. It's dropped down to 43. Atlanta was favored by seven and a half. Now Atlanta is favored by six. Golf is on that COVID list as well. It, it, look, if golf doesn't play, I'm going to take Atlanta all day and all night. If golf plays, I'm going to take Detroit, and I'm just going to keep it that simple. That's pretty simple. However, I'm taking Atlanta. Either way, golf oh. or no golf. Lightning's not striking twice. That's my opinion. I don't think that you're going to get it two weeks in a row. It was a great game, great story, but that was the first time in NFL history that a one-win team beat a double-digit win team by two po- or two scores. So that that's their feel-good. Sorry, Lions fans. All the respect. Trust me, I'm a Bills fan. I've been there. But I don't think it happens. I think it's Atlanta in a pretty much must win to try and keep their playoff hopes alive. 
Yeah, and I, I I hear that. I don't trust Matt Ryan in those must-win situations. Don't ask me why. That's, I, that's <laughs> maybe because I was already cashing the Atlanta Falcons over the New England Patriots. At halftime, I was cashing that ticket in that I put in there for Atlanta to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. I was cashing it in, baby. I was like, oh, man, Atlanta's winning the Super Bowl. Cashing that ticket from a long time. Oh, man, I was so happy. And then New England came back. Oh, Jeremy, that was that was a uh, tough – that was one of the worst beats of my entire life, my friend. Worst beat of my my entire life. Uh, we got to move on before I do this. Now I can't. I can't relive that situation. Again. Baltimore at Cincinnati. This one is for first place in that division. Very cool game. Baltimore was favored by six and a half. I think Lamar Jackson's going to play. And so what's ended up happening is Cincinnati is now favored by two and a half. It's weird to see a line cross like that. I, 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 especially when Lamar Jackson is going to be the quarterback there. And I'm going to pick your brain about those two quarterbacks in Baltimore a little bit more uh, in just a second. This game total started out at 47 and a half. Now it's dropped down to 36 and a half. Maybe I'm missing something in this game. I, that's the only news that I could find that the, is the reason why the quarterbacks changing and, and the lines crisscrossing and the point total dropping. What do you think about that quarterback situation going on in Baltimore right now? Who should be the starter in your opinion, Jeremy? It's got to be Lamar Jackson if he's healthy. I I mean, uh, Tyler Huntley's done a, a really good job filling in as a backup quarterback, and he's kept him in games and did everything you expect your backup quarterback to do at an NFL level. Mm-hmm. But it should be Lamar Jackson. He's just far more talented. I think he's proven it this year. Yeah, he's been a little up and down, and there's been that kind of undecisiveness. But it just Lamar Jackson's proven that he can be a passer. He's proven that he can win with his legs. It's He's proven to be a, a better quarterback probably than most want to give him credit for. So it, I still think it's Lamar if he's fully healthy. If he's still – and unfortunately, I feel like it's even if he's like 85% just because – they need to win this game. You had mentioned it leading into it. it. It's for the division. They're both eight and six. And pretty much Cincinnati's already beaten Baltimore once this year. Mm-hmm. Baltimore needs to get this game if they have any hope of making the playoffs right now, just because where the tiebreakers lie and how good the rest of the, the divisions are. I wouldn't even say good. They're just all in that same. They're all yeah. about eight and six, seven and seven. Yeah. There, there's a good chance the loser of this game doesn't even make the playoffs. So, this is a huge game, huge game for the division, and I like Baltimore to win it. Um, I think they cover that two and a half spread. I think that they come back in with just the better defense, and they just prove that this division's still theirs. And I think Lamar being back is just going to be a little bit of a a little bit of a boost for that offense, and they they get the job done. If Lamar plays, I will take Cincinnati. If Huntley plays. I will take Baltimore. How about that? That's what I'm going to do. I, I, I've been impressed by that guy. I like his run-pass option. I think I put on Twitter last week, it was really cool to see the Baltimore offense go with a quarterback who can run instead of a running back who can kind of throw. I think that's what I put out there. And I also asked what the que- you know, my, my other question was, what position next year does Lamar Jackson play for the Baltimore Ravens? Because I don't know that he's going to play quarterback for him next year. I haven't been that impressed by his mechanics at, at quarterback. I know he's won MVP, did a lot of that with his legs. You take away the legs and with a bad ankle that he has now, and we really see how it affects the throwing of Lamar Jackson. It makes it even worse. And I, 
I'm sorry, but Huntley just really impressed me from the eyeball test of things, and he seemed to really grasp that offense to some degree. He was kind of looking at his first read, and then the second read was a panic read, or the third read was a panic read, but still, he, he was able to run that offense pretty efficiently. So I'll do that. I'll, I'll, how about that? I put the caveat out there, and I don't like to do that, but we ain't scared to say something here on picking big skin winners. That's what we're going to do. The Rams at Minnesota. Minnesota, this game total started out at 48. Now it's going up to 49 and a half. The Rams were favored by two and a half. Now they're still favored by two and a half by our friends over there at DraftKings Sportsbook. It seems like a very low, low favor for being the Rams. Only two and a half points against Minnesota, who has absolutely no defense. I guess DraftKings Sportsbook is thinking that this is going to be a letdown game for the Rams. Jeremy, that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're thinking that. Uh, I mean, we saw it even against Seattle. They didn't put up a ton of points last night. So I, I'm i in. I honestly am in on Minnesota actually beating the Rams. I think Minnesota wow. has a lot more, again, fighting for that playoff spot. And we've seen Minnesota. They had a little bit of a down game against Chicago. But I think that Minnesota will be able to get the ground game going. Uh, against the Rams front four. I know it's a, a pretty vaunted front four, but they've been a little bit weak, leaky as far as running backs go. And they've also allowed 10 touchdowns to running backs, which is not, it's up there. It's I think it's in the top five or so in the NFL of as, in giving up touchdowns. So I'm in on Minnesota actually pulling the upset here. And I know they don't have the best defense at the moment, but I'm going to go with it. And yeah. I like it. I, I like, like it. it. I like you doing that. I don't mind somebody picking an upset here on picking big skin winners. It shows you have mutzva. I, I don't know if that's a word or not. I, mutzva. I, I, I don't Sounds know what like I'm a word. To. It does sound like a word. I can make up words all day, all night. I think you're wrong, though. I'm going to have to take the Rams in this one. They might sleepwalk through the first half. Okay, the defense isn't going to sleepwalk because you, you got Aaron Donald. You got, you got those guys going to come in there, Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins in a big game always scares me a little bit. I know they're at home. Dalvin Cook, I don't know that Dalvin Cook will be able to run all that great against that line. I I, I think that offense could kind of come in there and sleepwalk for the first half, and then they wake up and they realize, wait a minute, this Minnesota Viking secondary is just atrocious. Cooper, Cooper, go find a spot and I'll hit you there. That's what Matthew Stafford's going to end up saying. I'm going to take them. Uh, the public says 74% of them are taking the Rams as well. So me and the public against Jeremy at Pope FFH. That's what we're going to do. Me and you public. That's what we're going to do. Jeremy, each and every week, my friend, Aaron Torres. Brings you a great deal from DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, the $1, bet $1. And if your team, whatever team you bet it on, if they get one point, you end up getting $100 from our friends over there at DraftKings Sportsbook to be able to put there and, and make any wagers you want to over on DraftKings Sportsbook. And I always look for teams that may not score that one point because I like to warn the pick and pick skin winner audience that, Hey, don't put it down on this team because this team may not score a point. I've done pretty good. I've, I've done pretty good at picking those games where, where it's like a danger thing where you be sweating it. This game, Jacksonville at New York, the Jets, I, I, this game might end up being a 0-0 tie. 
So I'm not real confident that if you pick either one of those teams, that either team is going to score. I actually do like James Robinson in this game a whole lot from a fantasy perspective. I don't mind Braxton Berrios either from a uh, New York Jet perspective, but this game kind of scares me. I don't know that either team has got their heart into this one. This is both for one of those draft draft picks as far as a high draft pick goes, maybe for the number one pick next year in the draft. And so, Jeremy, before we get into our picks here for this Jacksonville New York Jet game, let me ask you, who is going to be the number one pick in the draft? Is it an overwhelming favorite this year, or is that really going to be dependent upon which team gets that pick in their needs? I think it's going to either be, um, I don't think it's going to be needs-based. I think you're looking at most likely Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan, the defensive end, or Kevon Thibodeau out of Oregon, also a defensive end. Both those guys have just been pretty game wreckers. Um, for most of their college careers. Aiden Hutchinson came on this year and was just an absolute monster for Michigan. So I feel like both of these teams, hypothetically, will be there, and both of them can definitely use Ed Rushers. Almost every team in the NFL can at any point in their time. Adding a, a pristine edge rushing um, defensive end is always a great option. So for me, I feel like that's it's kind of going to be one of those two guys. I don't see any of these quarterbacks driving their way up there. Um, for example, if it's between Jacksonville and the Jets, they both have Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, so there would be no need to take another franchise quarterback. So I think it's just going to be either one of those two, in my personal opinion. Do you like either one of those quarterbacks moving forward? Which one do you think has got – I know you always keep your eye on these things, so that's why I'm picking your brain about this. And I'll tell you what I think after a little while. But but Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, do you think either one of them will pan out in the NFL to live up to that expectation that both franchises have for them? Or do you think one will be better than the other? I think Trevor Lawrence does, in fact, live up to it a little bit. Um, I know it's been a down year for Trevor Lawrence and what we all thought is this generational quarterback coming out. But everybody has to remember, too, sometimes it just just, just takes time. And when you're going to a team that was 1-15 or 0-16 oh, or 2-14, like these teams are bad. And they're not bad because they had a bad quarterback. Like They're bad. <laughs> the rest of the team isn't great either. So for me, I just feel like, Trevor Lawrence, I'm still in on. I don't think he's going to be a total bust. It might just take a year or two for him to hit that that stride. We saw it with Josh Allen. We've seen it with other quarterbacks. Even Kirk Cousins, you could argue. I mean, he's not the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's panned out to be a decent quarterback throughout the years. It's just sometimes it takes time for these guys to get there, and you're throwing Trevor Lawrence into this situation into which we were proven correct that Urban Meyer had pretty much looks like no idea what he was doing. <laughs> so as much as you don't want to give Trevor Lawrence like a, a hall pass for that, but you kind of have to, when you're in that coaching scheme, it just, that room sounded toxic and it could be part of the reason that Trevor Lawrence's play is just not up to snuff to what we put him at. Um, if either of them is going to bust, I feel like Zach Wilson is that guy. I feel like Zach Wilson coming into the draft was kind of that polarizing guy that had an, crazy upside but was always that worry that he could bust out because it was just one really high really productive year at BYU and it was not like he didn't have that sound profile that we'll say like Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence had or even Mac Jones or Justin Fields like these guys had better profiles it was Zach Wilson and Trey Lance that were like these wild cards that were like they're uber talented and you can see it but like not consistently and can they make that jump 
So if it's anybody, I feel like Zach Wilson's going to be the hard one to live up to that second overall pick. Okay. I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I understand that about Zach Wilson. I'm not sure that I trust Trevor Lawrence either. When I saw him at Clemson, I thought, you know, this game looks just too easy for him. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't even have to try real hard. And I, I watched him break out in these big, long runs. I saw him throw the ball, but there wasn't any pressure on him. And I just didn't think that he I, – I, he didn't look physically like he was going to be able to adjust well to the NFL. I saw uh, Burrow whenever he was in college, and I said, dog, that guy right there, he is a smart kid, and he has a pretty good arm on him as well. This is like in the first couple of uh, weeks whenever he was transferred over to LSU, I think. And I, I saw it, and I was like, man, a lot of that guy's going to be a good NFL quarterback. And I just didn't seem that, see that same thing in Trevor Lawrence. And I've been wrong before on stuff like that, but once again – I just thought the game tape came too easy for him in college. And I think that was more about the talent around him more so than him elevating that talent there at Clemson. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's completely fair. And that's a good argument. Um, And it it was something that you could watch. And it was definitely something that we got uh, had been brought up amongst other people that I talked to leading up to that draft. You look at his statistics and they never really got better. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like he mm-hmm. came in as a freshman. He performed. He had good statistics. Sophomore year, it, they were very similar to freshman year. And then junior year was very similar. Like he never really like made a leap. But everybody mm-hmm. always accredited it to me as well to just being that he was just that much better than everybody else that they just, you know what I mean? The game did come so easy to him. So it was like, oh, he's going to be ready for that jump to the NFL. We almost, I looked at it at least the other way. You know what I'm saying? So like it was yeah. like, yeah, this looks so easy because he is just better. So obviously, like you said, I've been wrong too. So yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. I feel like quarterback's the hardest thing to judge just because 80 to 90% of the game is all in their head. So, and that's stuff you can't necessarily see on paper, nor do we ever get to see as a common fan. Um, It's more stuff what you see in the building. And that's, you know what I mean? That's what makes it hard with quarterbacks. I feel like it's a little, you can you need to see the stuff on the field, but like also it's all in their head. You know, can they bounce back from interceptions? Can they con like know the playbook? Like Mac Jones, you can see Mac Jones understands that playbook. He knows it from top to bottom. He knows where players are supposed to be, where he's supposed to be, the throws are supposed to be. You can see that he's smart and he gets that job done. Where it's like, do you know that with Trevor Lawrence? You don't necessarily. So like, I don't know. It's a tough thing to gauge like the mind of the quarterback. I can understand that. That's Jeremy at Pope FFH over there on Twitter at Pope FFH. He has got some excellent college football threads that are coming out really, really soon. He's already dropped a couple of them this year. And I always look forward to those things because it helps me understand. I like how you put the statistics of the college player in there, what position they play, what school and all that on your beginning tweets. And then as you break down, you got film in there as well with the tweets. And I really like that. Jeremy, I appreciate your, all the time that you put into that. Cause I know it's a lot. Hey, this Jacksonville, New York, Jet game started out at 44 and a half. Now it's dropped down to 41. The Jets were favored by one and a half. The last time I looked on DraftKings Sportsbook, it had PK by it. I guess that means pick them. I, 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 I guess they're giving up on this game as well. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that means necessarily, but we'll go with a PK means pick them uh, here. And I guess I will take the Jets at home if I'm going to be picking them. Uh, Hundred percent behind you. I totally agree. I think they got a little bit better defense, and I'll take the home team in a close match. So. I understand why, but huge game from James Robinson from a fantasy perspective. Woo! 
this next game, Buffalo at New England. Woo! That deserved a double woo because Buffalo at New England is one of those slobber knockers that I can look forward to being able to watch and see. Eh, we were so disappointed. Such a weird game a couple of weeks ago on Monday night when the temperature, the wind, and the snow and all that stuff was going on. I don't think it's going to be quite like that here in New England this week. This game total started out at 47 and a half. It's dropped down to 43 and a half. Buffalo was favored by three and a half. Now Buffalo is favored by two and a half. I I get it. I understand why. I get the revenge factor. I think Buffalo's got a lot of offense. I wonder, I wonder if New England has jumped the shark. Jeremy, I, I just wonder if they've jumped the shark. You know, last week they kinda they lost that week, that little disappointing week last week. And maybe they were looking ahead to the Buffalo game, but that's not typically what a Bill Belichick team does. Bill Belichick's coaching staff, I think, has lost a little bit of juice, possibly. I like New England a lot. I want to pick them at home with the points. I can't go against New England at home with the points. I just talked myself out of taking Buffalo. I want to take New England. Yeah, you, you brought a Bills fan on, so I can't <laughs> not go against the Bills. So I understand not going against New England. It's tough, but... I still think the Bills are the team to beat in the AFC East. I know that there's a lot of clamoring because New England has looked very impressive this year, but I just, I truthfully, the Bills should have won Monday night that game. I know the wind and the weather was the main factor, but you saw it. The Bills were moving the ball up and down the field on that defense. They should have scored a touchdown on that Diggs back shoulder throw, but the wind pushed it um, just basically purely because like you mentioned, I mean, it was 60 mile an hour winds. It was absurd. Um, but Diggs was open, and that was just some pushed win there. A poor decision by Josh Allen on the last play of the game. I just think that the Bills get their revenge, and I think they continue to say, hey, New England, I know this has been your division for 20 years, but it's still ours right now, and gets the job done and covers I, that two and a half. Or, well, they have the two and a half. So. And a half. I, I, do, I, I completely agree with you. I, it's so hard for me to say, though, to not take New England and the points at home and the refs at their at their house. Okay, it's yeah, hard fair. for me not to do that at all. Fair. I gotta ask you this question, <laughs> and I'm not trying to bombard the, uh, the pick and picks game winner family here with college football questions, but I, I got well, I got Jeremy here. I gotta pick a parade a little bit. Mac Jones, Tua Tagovailoa, or Jalen Hurts, and I think I I think I said them all. Which Alabama quarterback do you like the most out of those three? Because it's it's really a close guy. You know, it's kind of weird that we have three quarterbacks right there, uh, two years separated from each other, really. But they were all in the same quarterback room. They were all together. And I look at those three and I go, wow, that 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 was a pretty spectacular uh, quarterback room that they had. Yeah, you look back at some rooms like that in general at Alabama. I think they're just a factory, you know, running backs, oh, yeah. wide receivers. But yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say... I think I'm going to go with Mac Jones on the basis that I think he's in the perfect fit for what oh. Mac Jones is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like fit is very important at a quarterback level. Um, I feel like Tua still, he's getting there, but he's still a little weary for me. And like I said, Jalen Hurts to me seems like, mm-hmm. I can't tell if Philadelphia actually likes him. Um it seems like a lot of things they do, they keep bringing quarterbacks in and they keep talking about their into Sean Watson trades earlier in the season. Like, I don't know what's going on there. And I, I know Jalen Hurts isn't the greatest passer, but I think I'm going to take Mac Jones. I just feel like the situation that he's in in New England with Belichick, with McDaniels, and just that defense, I just feel like he just kind of, he's not great. He reminds me a lot of Kirk Cousins, but 
or Baker Mayfield, just kind of like a, a, a above average game manager. Mm-hmm. I don't ever see him really elevate players, um, but he makes some really nice throws. He's very accurate, and like I alluded to earlier with the Trevor Lawrence conversation, he's a very smart quarterback. He knows what's going on. He knows what's supposed to be going on. Sure. So, okay, that's fair. I, and, I'm going to take it there. And I'll say Mac Jones is a product of the system, not only at Alabama but also in New England. He is a system quarterback, and for for him. I saw him at Alabama execute that offense spectacularly. He did what he was asked. And when he ever had to come in there for Tua, whenever Tua got a messed up ankle or something like that, he showed heart and determination whenever he was back there at quarterback when he didn't have the physical talents and I don't think that he grasped the offense perfectly. He was able to get it done through sheer willpower. Uh, So I do like that Mac Jones thing. Here's the thing with Tua, and I think you brought it up a little bit. I'm not sure that he's in the right system in Miami. I'm not sure that the Miami coaching staff knows what to do with a lot of players. I think you see him shuffling in uh, running backs time and time and time again. And and what I saw with Tua a couple of times this year, I'm going, they know he's left-handed, right? They they do know right. that because they got him going the wrong direction in there. And I'm going, what in the world is going on? Is that Tua messing that up? But it looked like the play was like that after I saw it a couple of different times. And I'm going, okay, they I don't I'm not sure that they got a good grasp of it. So I do like what you say about that. I think Tua has some more physical talent than all three of those guys combined. Uh, all the both of those other guys, I think, out of the three, he has the more physical talent. He has a better arm. And I do know that Tua's got a good mental capacity to be able to grasp the game in that. But I do like what you said about the situation that they're in. All right. So I, I kind of agree with you, but I think Tua can excel if he's in that right spot. So I, I'll do that one. How about that? Chicago. Oh, I don't want to talk about this one. The Bears <laughs> at Seattle. Uh, the game total started out at 45. It's dropped down to 43. Seattle was favored by five and a half. Now the total uh, Seattle is favored by six and a half. Six and a half at home. I'm not sure either one of these teams have anything to play for. I don't like Chicago having to leave on a Christmas vacation to Seattle. I, I don't like that. I this this one I, I'd really want to stay away from it. I, I'll take Chicago to cover the six and a half. They seem to. I, I don't know. Neither one of these teams are any good. I'll just take Chicago. Yeah, I'm going to take Seattle to win the game, um, okay. but I do think. I, I'll agree with you. Chicago will cover that six and a half. I think I, the trouble, the struggle for me is, is that there was news that fields got injured at the end of the game and his status is actually in question. So if fields plays, I'll take Chicago to cover the six and a half. If not, I think Seattle gets the job done both ways. I, I'll agree with you. I'm glad you said that about uh, Justin Fields. I'll agree with you completely on that one. Uh, totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> on that. Pittsburgh at Kansas City, another big, big, big game. This point total started out at 50. It's dropped down to 44. Kansas City was favored by 8.5. Now Kansas City is favored by 7.5. It's gone down a point. I'm not sure why it's gone down a point. I know that Kansas City's defense is playing out of their mind. Maybe it's because of the COVID news with Kelsey and with Hill there in Kansas City. And maybe it seems like once one person gets COVID, Jeremy, it, it kind of goes through that entire locker room. So I think that's really hard for Vegas, for our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook to even put a good number on there. So sometimes it's good to lock a number in. And if K- if KC has got COVID running rampant through their locker room right now, and we're not sure who's going to be able to play or not, it might be a good time to take Pittsburgh and to take those points. Okay, It, mi- it might be a good time to take Pittsburgh and those points. 
That's what I will do right now. If it turns out that Kansas City's all healthy, I'll take Kansas City because I think Ben Roethlisberger is just a statue back there at this point. And Kansas City's team speed, especially on defense, they'll be able to get to him all day and all night. I 100% agree with everything you just said there. Um, I agree. Pittsburgh is just kind of surprised they've even won seven games, to be honest. Like you yep. said, Roethlisberger is kind of a statue back there. The offensive line is just as bad as it was last year. And aside from pass catching, Najee Harris has been having some struggles getting the ball going. And like you said, the Chiefs defense right now is just playing out of its mind. It's their team in general, offense and defensively is so fast. Um, I'm in on the Chiefs. Like you said, if Kelsey and Hill don't play, I would think Pittsburgh will cover that seven and a half. But if they do get out of COVID, it's Kansas City both ways. I think Kansas City wins the game no matter what. I just think yeah. Pittsburgh will be able to cover that spread. I, you know, when I look at the Pittsburgh uh, team as well, since I got you on here, I'm going to keep talking to college football a little bit and, and the draft a little bit because I love talking that stuff, really, and, and trying to look into the future of teams. Pittsburgh has absolutely, like you said, no offensive line whatsoever. And that we know, you and I do as football fans, that that is the foundation of any team. Uh, the line, you got to build from the inside out any of these teams. And if you don't have an offensive line, you're in dire straits. And as far as I'm concerned, you can't improve that over one year. Uh, you can't improve it drastically in a draft. You might be able to go out and get some offensive linemen in uh, the, the free agency or anything like that. But still, it seems like an offensive line has to gel. It feels like they have to complement one another. And right now, I am really scared about Najee Harris going forward in any kind of dynasty leagues or even Deontay Johnson in any dynasty leagues. We don't even know where Juju Smith-Schuster is anymore nowadays. We, don't, we, we haven't seen him in forever. We don't even know where he, what he's doing nowadays. But this Pittsburgh franchise seems to be really, really in trouble, Jeremy. Am I reading that right? Yeah, I, I think they're at this breaking point at the moment of just like, this was a year that they were going to try and go for it. It was going to be Ben's last dance kind of moment. And it just it, it kind of fell on its face. I think that offensive line still they were I think they were hoping on like you had alluded to that that offensive line would just gel a little bit better and would get better. Um, but that just flat out didn't happen. And I I was always nervous with Najee Harris going forward. I thought what he did at Alabama was impressive. But my biggest knock on him was he was at Alabama. I mean, he was running against we he has top talent on that offensive line. I mean, he would get a yard or two downfield before he was getting touched by anybody he had a runway to get running and you can see it in Pittsburgh now it's just he doesn't have that and he gets he's too indecisive he doesn't make necessarily the best cuts sometimes behind the line because he's just so used to I think just what he used to have at Alabama he could take his time and read that zone and find the open hole and make that cut where he's not getting that now in Pittsburgh and it is concerning I think um especially even going forward like you said with Deontay Johnson Depending on who the quarterback is next year, that that whole team could be completely different. Um, I, I still like Deontay Johnson going forward, and Najee Harris is still a good um, asset to have in Dynasty um, for fantasy. But it, it definitely is worrisome. Um, I just yeah. I I don't know. It's it's tough because that team is it's just so needing a, a major rebuild, in my opinion. And that defense have taken two steps back as well. They're they're in trouble. They're in trouble. We I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to say good things about Pittsburgh next year at all. Denver at the Raiders. De this game total started out at 47. It's dropped down to 41 and a half. The Las Vegas was favored by two and a half. Now Las Vegas is favored by one. 
I'm not sure why that line has moved like it is. I don't know why Las Vegas is only favored by one. I looked for some COVID news. I couldn't find any of that. I couldn't find anything. The only thing I saw was Drew Locke is going to be the quarterback of the Denver uh, football team this week. And that's not good news. That's not good news for Denver. So I don't know why it dropped. I'll take Las Vegas. I want to lock this one in all day and all night. I think I think Vegas just, just destroys them on Sunday. Really? Wow. I, yeah. Hey, respect. But I'm going to take Denver. Okay. I honestly think I know Drew Locke is Drew Locke, and I know it's going to be a struggle and it's an uphill battle. But I'm here. I'll take the upset on the minus .5. But I think that Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are able to run the ball pretty effectively against the ninth-worst rushing yards defense in Vegas, even though they did a good job against Nick Chubb the other night. I still think that they will get gashed this week from these two, as well as they've given up 13 touchdowns to running backs throughout the season. So... I think that's their route for Denver to get the job done, but uh, Vegas just didn't. I know Vegas just didn't show me enough to be confident in them to obliterate Denver's defense, which is very good. Yeah. On Monday night against Cleveland, who also had some COVID issues on the defensive side, I know they had Miles Garrett, but they still had a lot of missing pieces, and they still didn't obliterate that Cleveland Browns defense. So to me, getting a fully healthy Denver defense, I just don't know if Vegas can get that job done personally right now. Do you know what Drew Locke is going to do walking around the streets of Las Vegas before the game? You know what he's going to be doing? Who knows? Well, well, that's my – so, no, I haven't been able to get a good feel for Las Vegas for quite some time now. The minute I think they're going to do well, they do bad. The minute I think they do bad, they do well. And I know the Pick a Pigskin winner family knows that about me right now, so they're going to probably all run and put some money on Denver. But – Peanuts on Denver. Jelly beans on Denver. Washington at Dallas. This used to be a huge football game. I guess it's still kind of a big game, I I guess. I don't know. It doesn't have the feel for it this year because I think the Washington football team is now out of things, uh, almost technically. And at Dallas Cowboys, they're still fighting for that home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But, man, Dallas just doesn't seem to be putting it all together right now. I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's players. I don't really know what that is. The game total started out at 48. It's dropped down to 47 and a half. Dallas was favored by five. Now Dallas is favored by 10 and a half. I don't know who is going to be playing for Washington. I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I can't keep up with it nowadays, Jeremy. It just seems to be very, very confusing for me. I'll take Dallas. I I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't tell me what to do on this one, Jeremy. I am as well taking Dallas. Washington bringing their benches in is not going to help them, as I don't know if they're going to have anybody to sit on them. Because who knows? Everybody's injured. Gibson's injured at this point now. Who knows if Heineke's going to be available? Who knows? We might see Garrett Gilbert again. Oh, my. I I just don't know. The defense is not as good. Uh, Chase Young's out. Obviously, he got injured earlier in the season. It just, I just, I think that Dallas at home is just going to be able to kind of do what they want with this Washington football team. How did they not flex this game out of this spot? That's what I want to know, because it doesn't seem like that's the only reason why I want to take Washington is because they put it in this spot. And so it makes me think that they're going to keep this game close. I feel like they're not flexing some of these games based on like possibly the COVID stuff. You think about it, Washington just played last night. If they flexed them to Sunday, maybe, or to like, I don't know, earlier, maybe they think it's going to affect it, but I agree. I think that this is a this is a poor week for the 
nationally televised games. I mean, okay. even even the Cleveland against um, Green, Green Bay, Bay on Christmas yeah. just kind of seems <laughs> it, it, it. Baker, I think, still in COVID protocol. So like, if he doesn't get cleared, like, what are you going to get there again? You know, are you getting who they got case or uh, who was it? Shoot, I I don't, it wasn't Case Keenum because he didn't no, play either. I can't was, even remember uh, who it was. Nick Mullins. We're going to get yes. Nick Mullins versus Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's what we're getting on Christmas you know, Day, possibly. And then you get Garrett Gilbert versus Dallas, who's probably going to, I mean, destroy them for Sunday Night Football. You know what Cleveland fans think they're getting for Christmas? Who knows? Nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts. We got it. Never mind, never mind. We won't go there. All right, Miami at New Orleans is the last game here on the Monday Night Football slate. What a wonderful game. I think we can close out the week with here. Miami, I love watching Tua Tagovailoa. I love watching him play. We'll all be able to see him running a right-handed offense for a left-handed quarterback (laughs) and see if I predicted that one right. But New Orleans is playing pretty well. I think they have a really good defense, but, man, this is a letdown spot for them. Miami has been red red hot offensive side of the ball defensive side of the ball if we can get Jalen Waddle back did I say we am I have have I adopted the Miami football the, the Miami Dolphins I don't know if I have or not but you guys know my heart's with Tua I'll take Tua with this one I I, I know there's some weird things that can go on in New Orleans uh this game total started out at 46 and a half it's dropped down to 39 39 points for an NFL contest with my with Tua and with Taysom Hill, with Alvin Kamara, with Jalen Waddle. It doesn't seem right. New Orleans was favored by three and a half. Now New Orleans favored by three. Give me Miami. Give me Miami all day on this one, Jeremy. Agree. 100%. All right. uh, basically everything you said. I mean, Miami is just red hot. They've won six straight. I think they make it seven. Um, I think New Orleans is going to kind of come down a little bit after beating Tampa Bay. So I just, I like it. I think Miami gets the job done here on Monday night. I can understand that. And Hey, thank you so much, Jeremy. For amusing me, I didn't tell you some of those questions that I was going to ask you beforehand, but I was thinking about them all day because I, I wanted to get your genuine reaction, and I didn't want you to have to think about them too much because I knew that you knew those things off the top of your head uh, because you are over there at Pope, FFH, over on Twitter, and you always have those threads. You're always keeping me up to date on Dynasty Action for fantasy football's sake, but you're also doing the all kinds of cool graphics and stuff. I really appreciate you, Jeremy, coming on Pick and Pig Skin Winners this week. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Honestly, it was a pleasure. I enjoyed it a lot. Like you said, I mean, I got all that stuff going on on Twitter. Feel free to check me out if you guys like. Where, uh, where else can they you find know? you? Is Don't you have a page? Don't you have a, a channel and stuff like that that you do things on too? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, like you said, at Pope's FFH, or you can find any writing work if you're into reading. Uh, you can find that at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I have a lot of some Debbie stuff, some college stuff. I do some in-season stuff as well. And then yards per, I have some weekly start sit stuff over there. And then I do also have my own podcast on Tuesday nights lately. We've been kind of a little <laughs> off our game. We've been sick both between me and my co-host. We've been kind of sick on off every other week. So it seems like the last couple weeks we've missed, but we'll be getting back into it here coming up uh, into draft season. We'll have some breakdowns, two different opinions on prospects coming in. So. 
All right. That sounds good, and I'm excited for you. I always want the best for you, Jeremy. You're a good friend of mine, and I appreciate you coming on Pick and Pick Skin Winners this week. You make sure you check out AaronTorresOnline.com for all your sporting needs, all your sporting needs. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and also to our sister podcast, the DFS Flash Podcast with fantasy coach JB. JB Barry doing a great job with that over there. Check out all those articles. Make sure you bookmark AaronTorresOnline.com and bookmark it on your phone. Bookmark it on your computer. And don't forget about that draft. Kings deal, which is very, very special. Put $1 on any team. If they get one point, you get $100 money back on that. I really do appreciate you checking it out. Make sure you share this podcast as well. And as always, well, I guess not always, but every Christmas, we always want to wish you a very Merry Christmas from all of our family here at Aaron Torres Media. As you know, our show, Picking Big Skin Winners, as well as the DFS Flash on Aaron Torres Media, has partnered with DraftKings, and they've got an incredible deal for you. New users bet $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if their football team scores a point in their football game. That's right, $1, and you end up with $100 in free bets. To take advantage of this offer, click the link that is in the podcast description below. Uh, Make your first deposit, place a $1 wager on NFL if either team you know, scores a point, blah, blah, blah. You're going to get that. It's the best offer in the biz without a doubt right now. I haven't seen it matched by any other site. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. Do it responsibly. Let's get some pick and pick skin winners.